Uh, everybody adds something to the friendship circle and the friendship pot. And I just want you to be intentional about being a good friend. Add value in whatever circles that you're in. And make sure that you <laughs> are enhancing and shaping every relationship that you're a part of. That people leave you better than when they met you. All right. You're listening to the Marriage Monday Podcast with Dr. Jamon and Erica Glenn. Hey. Hey, everybody. What up, y'all? Y'all good tonight? It is Marriage Monday. Are you ready? Are you ready? What y'all doing? What y'all been doing today, huh? What's been going on today? What y'all been doing today? Playing all right today? Everybody having a good day, yeah. a decent day. We've been traveling and moving all weekend, all weekend, going, going, going. We made it home in time (laughs) tonight for Marriage Monday. Yeah. So it's good. Yeah, it's good. Y'all good? It's good. Yeah, they're settling in. Y'all coming on through. Y'all look fly. Thank you. (laughs) So appreciate that. Coming on through, coming on through. All right, we about to get to it. Ready to take notes. I would. That's good. What y'all think about last week's talk about empathy? How was that? What did you think about last week's talk about empathy? Last week's talk about empathy. We got into it. It was good. Was that helpful? Oh, it was so we good. We got so last much week. feedback last week about Yeah, about great that. feedback about uh, Yeah, tell us what you thought about last week, about the feedback, what happened, and how did Loved it help it. you. We talked, we heard work. so much about, Very so much about how empathy, people were still watching it mm-hmm. all week and hitting us up all week on comments about it and how it was helping us. Uh, tonight, I figured that we dig a little deeper. And so if y'all don't mind getting deep tonight, then uh, we won't stay on the shallow end. (laughs) We'll go ahead and get deep and uh, dig into it. Something that'll be beneficial, not something that's necessarily a new concept uh, to everybody, but something that we believe will be beneficial to everybody that connects to this moment in time. All right. So last week we dealt with and we talked about empathy. You do uh, maybe want to get some notes out. Um, This week, I wanted to build on the concept and think about how emotional intelligence plays into your relationship and your marriage, right? Your marriage responsibility. Uh, I was praying about this and I was just thinking about how important it is to have emotional intelligence and how emotional intelligence plays into uh, your relationship and your marriage and how important it is for a healthy dynamic. Now, if you're single and you're watching this, this is going to be dope for you as so well, because this is first personal. Yeah. It has to be one of you before it can be both okay. of you. All right. Yeah. So we're going to get into it a little bit. Uh, what I'm going to do just to start it out instead of building uh, on the idea, I'm just going to start out with this quick video. Watch this video. Check it out. Take a few notes, a few thoughts. When we come back in a few moments, we're going to jump into talking about how this plays into your relationship, right? Here we go. Emotional intelligence refers to the ability to recognize, interpret, and process emotions in yourself and others. While genetics, upbringing, and environment all play a role, there are steps you can take to develop your emotional intelligence over time. Get to know yourself. Emotionally intelligent people are self-aware. 
They have a realistic appreciation of their strengths and weaknesses and how they come across to others. Peer feedback is one way of improving your self-awareness and may uncover a few of your emotional blind spots. Learn your triggers. Linked to the notion of self-awareness is knowing how you are likely to respond in particular situations. Think about how you felt the last time you were under pressure. Did these feelings help or hinder you? Recognizing emotions and the source of these emotions can shift your emotional state. Empathize. Seeing things from someone else's perspective will help you understand their values and beliefs. This is important when it comes to motivating and engaging others. Make a conscious effort to get to know your colleagues. Ask open questions and actively listen to what they have to say, rather than simply waiting for your turn to speak. Be on the lookout for body language and other non-verbal signs, as these may tell you more than someone is willing to express out loud. Own your emotions. Part of being emotionally intelligent is about taking responsibility for the way you interact with others. If someone upsets you, pause and reflect on why their actions led you to feel this way, instead of reacting impulsively. Recognize that a conversation is a two-way interaction, and it takes two people to make you angry, sad, or frustrated. Go with your gut. Finally, listen to your body. If your stomach starts doing backflips every time you speak to a senior manager, or your muscles tense up before you go into a meeting, what does this tell you? Counterintuitive as it might seem, emotions can be a valuable source of information when making rational decisions at work. Remember, emotional intelligence isn't about suppressing emotions. It's about learning how to recognize, process, and channel them in a way that benefits you and your team. Enhancing your emotional intelligence requires effort, but it can be achieved with sustained practice. Woo! So, check it out. I know that was a lot. It's heavy. I'm going to break it down and we're going to go through it. All right. So I don't know. Many of you probably have heard about emotional intelligence. It's a great book, Emotional Intelligence 2.0. It's another one out just called Emotional Intelligence. Great to read up on. But I just want to think about a few concepts because as we start talking about and thinking about couples, but more importantly, our own yes, relationship, indeed. we think about how in the beginning, how it's so easy to, uh, to garner this interest, this desire, this want uh, to get to know the other person, to be engaged uh, with them, to be engaged to them, to get married. But then once you get married, uh, it becomes a little bit more of a challenge to and a, a little bit more uh, levels of intentionality to stay connected. Can I be honest with that? Right. So there's these romanticism phases of love and relationship early on. That's easy to move through. And then it gets down to life stuff, hard stuff, difficult stuff. 
disappointments, both out your house, in your house. And uh, and it comes a responsibility now where you have to live the vows that you made. Mm-hmm. And so uh, when it comes to this place, the, the, the quickest place for conflict or argument is that people start to point out at each other mm-hmm. and they start to to uh, create contention in their families and their home. This is where we see the weight and the struggle really begin to fall and rest upon yeah. on marriages to begin to, to, to crack and, and crack under the pressure. And so if the foundation isn't properly laid, this can be a difficult space. So tonight we want to just really give you some tools to make sure <laughs> that you have what you need to get it in. But let's just start here. One of the vows that we make that Jesus says is, and uh, the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two. But they are one, right? So the two shall become flesh. They are no longer two, but one. Sexy sounds fun. Sounds like intimacy. Sounds like having sex. Sounds like a great idea when you are making your marriage vows. But then when you get into the process of your relationship, into the thick of it, and two people are becoming one, this can be a challenging space. Yeah. The two becoming one. I'm, I mean, I love how I remember early on in, in premarital counseling, how we just really talked about how two lives are kind of like colliding. And that is not an easy process. And I think that people really think that the two becoming one, they have really made it romantic. But even going to the altar, you go to the altar as an individual, but you come back as one in supposed a to be. You're supposed to spiritually you are though yeah yeah but then you got to walk that out you got to yeah. walk that out yeah. so when you're coming to the altar and you're coming to the altar because at the altar is where we die to things so you're supposed to be dying to uh to your single life and things of that nature and then you join together with your vows and your covenant and then you come down the aisle as one you have one last name now and it's before all of the people in your life so that whole two becoming one is definitely a process to me is something that happens every single Uh, Multiple times a day. It's something you choose (laughs) all the time because uh, it sounds funny. It sounds sexy. It sounds great when you are initiating it. But then when you have to become one, if you're honest, the process of becoming one is the hardest work that you'll ever have to do in marriage. Well, love shouldn't have to be work. That's not true. Listen, Mm -hmm. if you're going to have a successful marriage, a successful marriage relationship, you're going to have to do the work Work. of becoming one. And the work of becoming one has to do with how you deal with managing who you are and how you deal with managing your emotions and your Mm -hmm. feelings and your thoughts in the process. Are y'all rocking with us tonight? It it looks like y'all in this, right? Managing who you are and managing who you're learning the other person to be as you're becoming one. Right. So so marriage then is is not only about making a commitment to the big idea, but it's committing mm-hmm. to the process of learning your spouse, right? I'm going to commit to the process to learn my spouse. I'm going to commit to the process to learn my spouse, to learn their preferences, to learn their wants, to learn their desires, even when they're different than mine, yeah. right? Even when it's difficult and there's differences. And this is the part where people break under the pressure because, as my wife said, you go down that aisle all smiling, everybody in the room to make that commitment. And then when you leave, you're supposed to walk out as Mm -hmm. one unit. And then now you got to live that process out of becoming one. So what emotional intelligence does is it starts to bring you with some of the tools 
that teach you how this process works, right? So emotional intelligence is the ability to make your emotions, your feelings be validated and work for you, not against you. Everybody just write that down. Emotional intelligence, just for a working definition, is the ability to make your emotions work for you, not against you. Emotional intelligence is the ability to make your emotions work for you, not against you. Work for you, not against you. I'm going to make my love work for me, not against me. I'm going to make my passions work for me, not against me. I'm going to make my desires work for me, not against me. So emotional intelligence is the ability to make your emotions work work for you, not against you. And if we're honest, most people, most people are not letting their emotions work for their marriage. Right. Most people aren't letting their emotions work for their relationship. They're they're allowing their emotions mm-hmm. to deteriorate, to suck right. up, to, to suck separate. the life, to mm-hmm. separate, to break, to break the covenant, yeah. to break the relationship uh, and not have the ability for it to work for you yeah. and for your benefit. Yeah. And so tonight we want to help you heal, gain some tools to let your emotions uh, work for you. Can I be honest? Are there some people that know sometime in your marriage, your emotions, your emotions get the best out of you, yeah. right? Can I, can you be honest tonight? Uh, my emotions sometimes get the best out of my marriage. Sometimes I love to blame my wife and I was talking this morning and she said, well, you make me feel such and such. And I said, nobody can make you feel no type of way. That is your feelings that you feel that way. And we laughed and chuckled about it because it's true. It's like in the process, you can feel and your feelings are validated, but it is your feelings. And so emotional intelligence is the ability to make your emotions work for you instead of against you. Y'all rocking with me? How many of you can be honest and say, sometimes my emotions get the best of me. Sometimes my emotions get the best of me. My emotions get the best of my relationships. Some of the arguments, uh, if I own it, it's my emotions. Some of the feelings or the expressions, Mm -hmm. it's the baggage. It's my history. It's the things that brought me to this moment. And if I could just learn to manage my emotions and let my emotions get the best of me, then uh, 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 I'm sorry, if I can let my emotions work for us and not get the best of me, then that would be beneficial. Yeah, no, that's good. But one thing I was, I want to ask you is, so when you say letting my emotions work for us, what exactly do you mean by that? I mean, that's great. It's like, so I'll give an example and then we got to get into okay. it because, you know, we get to going. I and know, it's fine that you ask questions because it's probably what people think. But it's like sometimes, um, you know how I always say, sometimes in a, in a marriage moment, in a marriage moment, you can do what's best for you. Yeah. That's not what's best for the relationship, right? Yeah. I got to get this off my chest. I got yeah. something I that's need good. to talk yeah. to you about. I got something I need to say to you. And while that may be valid, valid and important, uh, every time is best for you or best for me doesn't mean is best for us. So having the wisdom to know when I'm in an emotional moment and I have the ability to know that I know if I need to let this sizzle or if I need to address it, is this the best time for me to get this off my chest because I'm selfish or is this the best time for me to address this because of our marriage? Because here's something you're going to learn about emotional intelligence is that the process is that the first emotion Mm. is almost never true. 
So good. The first emotion is almost never true. The first emotion is almost your emotion, mm -hmm. your feeling, your perspective, your anger, your rise, your baggage, your history, your desire, so your good. need is probably your interpretation of whatever it is that happened only through the filter of your own feelings. Mm -hmm. And so if I know, if I can self-manage if I can learn to self-manage in that moment yeah. and become self-aware in that moment, then I can gain some maturity to process and begin to give you what I would want, which right. is what? The benefit of the doubt. Why are you yeah. pushing me this way? I'm not pushing you. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> and, not and if, feeling. And if I give you, if I give you the benefit of the doubt, mm -hmm. then I can process the information so we can come to a healthy space where my feeling doesn't implode or destroy our relationship in that moment because I ran off and jumped to a conclusion because the first emotion is usually not the true emotion. It's usually yeah. my baggage, my history, my perspective, my last time that happened to me, last time you did that to me, I said I was never going to let that happen to me, yeah. my feelings. And so when I jump off into that conclusion, I do not, I do not necessarily have a sober mind or a sober yeah. perspective about what it is that we're about to engage in. And I'm about to create a mess yes. because then if the first emotion is not true and I lash out on you nine times out of 10, you're going to become defensive. Mm -hmm. If you lash out on me with your first emotion and it's not true, and then I'm going to become a defensive and then I'm going to start, we're going to defend each other and we're going to defend our positions instead of protect our marriage. Exactly. Versus receiving the revelation that should be happening when you learn how to manage your emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get to it. All right. Because we're going to run out of time right. doing it that way. So number one is self-awareness. Everybody type it down. Self-awareness. Self-awareness is number one. You got that? So self-awareness is number one. Self-awareness is conscious knowledge of my own character, my feelings, my motives, and my desire. Okay. Wrong folks. Right. Self-awareness is maturity. I'm taking responsibility. I'm taking ownership. Man, my ears is burning right now. Something <laughs> is happening. I'm taking responsibility. I'm taking ownership. I'm mm -hmm. taking maturity. I'm self-aware of yeah. why I am the way I am, why that's my issue, why that's my insecurity. This is my stuff. I'm mature enough to come to the marriage and say, you might hit a trigger. You might hit a moment. But listen, this is my stuff. This is my stuff I didn't heal through. This is my stuff I'm healing through. This is my stuff that I'm processing through. And before I project that emotion on right. you and let it implode in our marriage, let me own my emotion, own my feeling, and become self-aware. Do you know where you are today? Do you know how you're feeling today? Right. Do you know if you're moody today? Today? Do you know if you're grumpy today? Do you know if you got a bad attitude? Do you know if you're angry? Do you know if you're uptight? Are you stressed? Right? Are you insecure? Are you worried about something? Are you doubting something? Is there something going on inside of you? Because if you don't know where you are, then two of us becoming one, then I don't know how to locate you. I don't know how to help you. I don't know how to divide, I don't know how, how, to, how, to, how to connect to where yeah. you are. I don't know how to become one because I, as we said earlier, becoming one is not just on the day of the wedding. Becoming one is every single day. So the self-awareness, the self-responsibility uh, as we said is a mature space, right. but it helps you and your partner so that you're not fighting and arguing about stuff that don't mean nothing, that causes a deeper wedge that should have never really been there if you just would have just been 
just been honest with yourself about where you are. That's right. And I'm an advocate for young people getting married young. I love when young people can make a decision and get married young. But the younger you get married, the less self-aware you could be. Yeah. Right. And the older so you get good. married, the more the more self-aware you may be, but the more stubborn you yeah. may be. Right. And so if you're young, you may not know your stuff. You may not know. And so now you got to do the work of being married while you're becoming self-aware. Yeah. So you're trying to become one while you're constantly changing and evolving into whatever it is you're changing <laughs> and evolving in and learning about whatever you're learning about. And if you're mature, and you get married older like us, we got married older. And so now we have to come to the place of we're so self-aware that we can't be stubborn in how we were, the where we were. We got to unravel and break and submit yeah. and humble ourselves and know what will change about us and what won't change about us. And are we willing to accept what will change and what won't change and still try to work through yeah. the change while we change it? So good. Y'all all right? Talk to me. All right. So look, so when I'm self-aware in the process then I'm consciously knowing and I'm consciously understanding who I am, why I am, the way I am and where I am. Yeah. Can you say, can you know in your spouse, to your spouse in the morning, in the day, in the time, this is who I am. This is where I am. This is why I am the way I am. This is who I am. This is where I am. This is why I am the way I am. This is who I am. This is where I am. This is why I am the way I am. This is who I am. This is where I am. This is why I am the way I am. Are you self-aware to the yeah. point that if somebody, single people, are you self-aware to the point that yeah. if somebody wants to get to know you, to marry you, to become one with you, you they know. can say, yes, I know. This is who I am. This is where I am. This is why I am. This is the way I am. Not necessarily because it's all good. Not necessarily because it's all bad. But this is who I am. This is where I am. This is why I am. And this is the way I am. Because if I can do that yeah. and I can come to the marriage with owning my stuff with my own responsibility, then I'll know how to navigate through the process. Process. No baggage. Right. You will have had, no, no, no. Hold oh, on. I wasn't yeah, done. Okay. No baggage in regards to hidden baggage. Right. That you see all of my baggage and I'm telling you what it is. I'm right. telling you where I am. And that that is beneficial because if I know your baggage, I can I can deal with it we or not navigate. deal with it. I can make that choice on the other side. Right. When we when we when we uh got ready to get married, one of the hardest and the last conversations that we had that for me was a deal breaker, right? It was a deal breaker, and for her it was a safe, a uh, 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 touchy space. And that's when we had to talk about money. And I had to know what's up with the money. How much debt are you in? Where's your debt? Where's your money? Where's the lie? She instantly got defensive because she understood the self-awareness of what she brought. Everything else that she brought to the table looked a certain kind of way, but the money issue wasn't laid out the way that she thought. So this was the place where she had protected, hoping I wouldn't touch it, wouldn't ask it. For me, the deal breaker wasn't if she was in debt, wasn't in debt. It's just I needed to know what I was about to become one with. Are you self-aware enough to know this is who I am, this is where I am, this is what I am, and this is why I am. And when we got to that money conversation and getting ready to have that conversation, she got defensive. I was like, you can be defensive all you want because it's your money, it's your bills, it's your stuff. But hear me, hear me clear that if we don't have this money conversation, there's not full disclosure and full transparency. I don't care how much I like you, interested in you, want to spend the rest of my life with you, we will not be moving forward because I cannot become one with what I do not know. you got to be self-aware enough to deal with whatever it is. So then we have the conversation. You want to jump into it and yeah, talk about it a little bit? Yeah, we had the conversation and it was, it was 
very difficult for me. And I did not, because I, I didn't know where he was going with this because I didn't know if he was trying to marry me or what. But anyway, I just knew in that moment that what, what I was going to say needed to come from my heart and needed to be from from an honest place and that I just went in. And when I went in and I told him or whatever, that gave him the tools that he needed to know to how to get me out of debt. And my husband, fast forward, got me out of debt in three months that I had accumulated over 10 years. But it's about being, you didn't blame nobody. You, no, you I owned it. it. I and was because, like, this is mine. And because you could own it, then I could own it with you. And then we can make a plan together yeah. where I didn't blame you. And now I just have to hold you accountable that that cycle, that behavior, that mentality doesn't continue. And so now through our marriage, we have that moment as a point of reference. So when money issues come up and debt issues come up, even if she has some pushback, I have a track record, mm -hmm. consistency, and we work through it because we're self-aware of how we are the way we are. We don't got time for this this long. Let's get to the next mm -hmm. one. Self-management. Y'all okay? Mm -hmm. Number two. Right into it. Which is number that's right. It falls right into it. So number two, read the definition, babe, for self-management. Um, self-management is taking uh, taking of responsibility for one's own behavior and your own well-being. That's right. Self-management is once you know what it is that you need and know what you need to do, then now you need to manage your responsibility of making those things happen of your own behavior. If you say that you want certain things, then that means that you're going to have to have a behavior that follows what you have known in yourself to be, what you have made yourself to be aware of. And then now if you want to change that, now you have to hold yourself accountable of making that behavior to be something different. Yeah. So self-management is once I'm self-aware, then I know what I need yeah. to do. Right. So this is now I know what happens when I act or do not act. Mm -hmm. All right. What happens? Everybody write that down. What happens when I act or do not act? Right. What happens when I act or do not act? Do you know your triggers? Learn your Man. triggers. What happens when I act? When this happens, I tend to do this. And mm -hmm. when I do that, that triggers me that. And then when you do that to me, then that triggers this exactly. in me. Then I start doing this. Then you start doing that. And then we start doing it. And then we got a whole situation, right? And we didn't have to have a situation because if I knew my triggers yeah. and I learned my triggers, come on, what happens when you act or do not act, right? Mm -hmm. Hold yourself accountable, right? Self-management, self-management. What happens when you act or do not act, right? Do you know what happens in your relationship, yeah. in your marriage, when you act or do not act? How many of you can raise your hand? I know what mm -hmm. happens. Come on, show me the hand. I know what happens when I act or do not act. When I act a certain, I know how to act a certain kind of way that knows how to get this reaction or that reaction. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. What you about no, to say? No, it's the truth. I mean, it's knowing and not. Well, let's start with just the negative part of it. But if you really want to be petty, or if you really want to <laughs> to push a button, if you really want to, oh, I'm gonna let them see today, and you do that, and and consciously, that is just. That's so wrong. That's so wrong to intentionally push the button of somebody to get a reaction out of them. The other side of it is also the positive side that you know how to self-manage and to get the reaction that you want. You know that you that there are certain things that you want to do or you need to do in order to get the reaction that you want or to get the manifestation of what you want. That's so right. it's like when you understand yourself, my husband, my husband will tell me, you know, when you're nice, you know, right. he'll say little stuff 
stuff like that when you're nice. And so, but I'm listening to that to pay attention to that because he is my mirror. And so I'm listening to pay attention to that. And then sometimes I don't even know that I'm doing certain things because it has become such a routine for me that those around me let me know. So all of this self-management and then self-management, when you are allowing people to come and help you to see yourself, you can't be uh, defensive about what they see. And you have to make sure that you trust people that you can receive things from that are honest with you so that you can become more self-aware of yourself. And then also so that you can start managing your awareness. That's right. And so when I'm, when I'm self-managing, I'm self-regulating, right? I'm self-regulating myself. And I'm not for my single people. You have to self-manage. You have to self-manage. Why is this same kind of person always being attracted Uh, to me? uh. What are you putting out there? What you know how to act and you don't know how to act, right? Why are they doing this? And why do they call me only at this time? And why do they only seem to want me for this? Self-management, right? You have to learn how to self-manage. You know your triggers. You know your weaknesses. You know what you should be doing. You know what you shouldn't be doing. You know what pictures you should be posting. You know, that's Friday. Let me get back to this. Listen, on, on tonight for marriage people, for married people, you got to remember that the reality yes. is that I have a responsibility within yes. my marriage to self-manage me. Everybody want to yeah. try to self-manage the other person. person. Men, we want to oh, rule, submit, submit, submit. Bro, before somebody can submit, you got to be, you got to submit to God. You exactly. have to submit, you have to submit yourself to yourself so that somebody else can submit to you, right? Exactly. Because submission should feel like love, not feel forced, mm. right? And submission feels like love and not feel forced when there's self-management, self-regulation. I know my triggers. I know me. I know who I am. I know what I do. I know what I should not do. I know where I should go. I know where I should not go. I know what I should watch. I know what I should not watch. And so when we all take responsibility of this understanding of who I am and I'm dealing with my emotions and I understand who I am, yeah. then nothing tests our ability to self-regulate like conflict. Y'all ready? Nothing tests my ability to self-manage, to self-regulate like conflict. It is conflict that will show you if you have the ability. It is conflict that will show you if you have the ability to self-manage and self-regulate. Ooh, it's the it's conflict that will test. Are you convinced by your conviction? Yeah. What you say with your mouth. Conflict will push and be like, oh, that still hurt or oh is that still there but the or the, can you still self-regulate when conflict, when, when conflict right. comes about yeah. but the thing about conflict especially in marriage it is not something that we should shy away from it is not something that we should but go to separate sides to deal with you need to press into conflict come on you need to embrace Talk conflict you need to you need to um figure out ways to go past conflict because on the other side of conflict to me is understanding on the other side of conflict is a revel- is a revelation but but in, but in order to get to that other side you have to be committed to go through the process of conflicts it's inevitable right. it's going to happen it is not you there's no marriage that does not have any kind of conflict and if it's if they say that they're lying they're, they're, it's not true because conflict does not have to be Sparks flying everywhere does not have to be yelling and screaming. It just simply means that we're at a place that we do not see eye to eye. And and I'm going to use my emotions for the benefit of our relationship, not against us. 
Before we end the Marriage Monday podcast, we invite all to take the marriage confession. Repeat after the Glens. My marriage is blessed. My spouse and I are led by the Spirit of God. When we pray together in unity, our prayers are powerful and we get results. We make every effort to establish peace and harmony in our home. Together, we walk in agreement and we are an unstoppable force. If we get angry, we are quick to forgive so that we do not have strife in our relationship. We are not self-seeking, rude, proud, boastful, or jealous. Instead, we are loving, kind, patient, and we put each other's needs before our own. We trust each other and we protect the sanctity of our marriage. God joined us together as one and we will not be separate. Thanks for listening to the Marriage Monday podcast with Dr. Jamone and Erica Glenn. If you're enjoying this podcast, you can show your support by subscribing, sharing with your friends on social media, and leaving a rating and review on iTunes. Thank you and join us next time for another episode of the Marriage Monday podcast.